This show is brought to you by Growth Australia, market leaders in designing and creating workplaces. Welcome to Let's Talk Growth, Brisbane's number one people and property podcast. Join our fantastic guests to talk about innovation, marketing ideas, and technology that you can apply to your business to facilitate growth. Hi, my name is Daniel Boys, and I'm the host of Let's Talk Growth. Today, I'm joined by Danny Toshak. Danny is a director of Acorp in Brisbane, who are the leading independent tenant reps in the market. Danny first worked as a registered barrier for about 10 years for mortgage and insurance companies. She then ran two mortgage broking businesses for many years before moving into her tenant rep role, currently of eight years, so almost 30 years in property. Since joining Acorp, Danny has assisted tenants across all sectors in predominantly Brisbane, but also Sydney, Melbourne, and Adelaide. Danny spends every day talking to tenants, negotiating with leasing agents and landlords, and speaking with design consultants. So has a very strong grasp of the commercial property market here in Brisbane. Danny Tosha, <laughs> welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for being here. And I know uh, you're on leave yourself this week. I am. So I am. really appreciate you taking the time to join us on the inaugural <laughs> Let's Talk Growth podcast. Yes, feel very honoured. No, thank you. Thank you. It's all very exciting. And we've got a great topic today. We do. And it's the front or should be the front of a lot of businesses' minds. There's been a turbulent, would we say, it's probably an understatement, last couple of years. Yes. Um, not just in the leasing market in Brisbane, but globally. Yes. Agreed. I think now more than ever, good consultancy, good advice, and really holding people's hand through that time and letting them know what the opportunities are is more, more important than it ever has absolutely, been. Absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Yep. And tenant representation is a massive part of that. Yes. And that is why we're excited to chat to you today about all things TR, Yes, um, yep. how it links into the wider property piece. Mm-hmm. But I think for those that don't know, it would be great to firstly have a bit of a high level overview of what tenant representation is, and then we can kick through there and, yep. and continue the discussion. Yeah, sure. So that is the the million dollar question. What is a tenant rep? I suppose, and and a lot of people don't know that our service exists or what we do. So, I guess very simply, a tenant rep is exactly that: someone who represents tenants yep. in all things to do with commercial leases. So that's the simple answer, and probably the easiest way to explain it to people that are listening who've not heard of a tenant rep or not used a tenant rep is to talk about mortgage brokers, actually. So, most people know what a mortgage broker is, if not have used one. Yes. So, similarly, where a mortgage broker looks after you and as far as finding you the best loan. Yes. So, that means the best interest rate, the best fees, you know. It's another topical uh, discussion, but we'll save that one for another podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, a mortgage broker goes to the banks and finds you the best home loan, investment loan, whatever it is you're looking for. A tenant rep, which incidentally in the US are called tenant brokers, act very much the same. So what a tenant rep does is go to the market and find you the best office or shop or warehouse or shed leasing deal. Very similar to a broker. So I guess, you know, people use brokers, mortgage brokers, because they don't have time to go to all of the banks and research all of the deals. And they also don't know what they're really looking for. Yeah, absolutely. So a tenant rep does all of that for you, but just in relation to finding you office space and making sure that you get the best leasing deal out there. Fantastic. Yeah. And I think that's something that it's great to shine some light on. That role, I imagine, over the last couple of years may have changed. So it'd be great. You know, Are you finding that a lot of your clientele through that uncertain time, I know you've written a LinkedIn blog about 
working from home and that mm-hmm. transition back to the office. Yep. Is that something that's been front and center and you've had to help people navigate through that and what their decision making will be? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess from a from the whole work from home perspective, that's something that's really it's always existed. Yeah, correct. We in this country, however, or particularly we'll just talk about Brisbane, it it's not been our traditional way of working. Traditionally we get out, we go to the office, we work our job and we we go home. What COVID has done is forced us to look at work from home more regularly and on a more permanent basis. Yes. So what that does for tenants then is make them question, do we need this office space? Do we need this much office space? How much office space do we actually need? How many people are going to want to keep working from home? What's our long-term plan? So that's where we find we've stepped in to help people address those kind of issues. So we find things like tenants are wanting more flexible lease terms. Yes. So where probably the standard used to be kind of five-year lease. Yep. That was, you know, unless you're a really big tenant, like, you know, a, a BHP, for example, well, yes. then, you know, you're going to sign 10 years plus. But for the average tenant, a five-year term, that's not the norm anymore. No. Tenants are looking for shorter lease terms and more flexibility because they don't know what their workforce is going to look like in two years' time. Yeah. You know, will we be over this pandemic and everything back to normal in two years' time? Well, the last two years has taught us probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of that flexibility that we're helping tenants work through, for it's, sure. It's really fascinating because a lot of the businesses that we deal with, we're taking a similar approach with that, trying to offer a bit of consultancy earlier in the piece with regards to their design and yep. the layout. There is a lot of uncertainty on what that office space is going to look like, Yes. Um, what the staffing numbers are going to be. But I think some of the encouraging things that we've seen are a lot of organizations' workbooks or revenue streams haven't reduced, which is great. So there's so many businesses that seem to be going through a growth phase financially, but their footprint is still yeah, still kind of up in the air. So that's been really interesting to navigate that as well. Yeah, and I think for us, you know, we're experts in our lane, which mm. is the commercial terms and the negotiating of commercial terms in a lease. But design is not our core business. It's not what we do and we're not experts in it. Sure. So for tenants to have people like you guys, and that's why we partner with you guys, is because that design piece and knowing how much space you need right at the start in that early piece is really important for us to then go and find the right space for our tenants. So we can have an educated guest. Yeah, sure. absolutely. But if we've got a tenant that's engaged with somebody to yep. say, okay, this is what you need, this is how much space you need based on what you're telling us, then that filters through to us and then we go find it. Yeah, absolutely. So, it, it, it's a team approach, isn't it? Correct. And it's making sure yes. that between us we're doing our due diligence and we're providing the best advice possible. Absolutely, yeah. A dynamic duo yeah, we could exactly. almost call ourselves. That's right, Dan and Dan. Exactly. Hey. <laughs> There you go. That might be, uh, we might have to start our own podcast. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. Right. <laughs> that's going to take off, I think. Brilliant. Yeah, exactly. So, and then linking back into that as well, it, are you finding that the commercial terms or the expectations of your clients of what they're wanting, these flexible terms, is that being met by landlords? Has there been some resistance to that? Because traditionally, I know the spec suite market is quite prevalent in Brisbane, which is, for those that don't know, that's where a landlord will go in and utilize incentive monies to build a suite on behalf of the of yep. the tenant. And in most cases, that, that's been a very popular space in the Brisbane market yeah. for the last sort of five or six years. Have you found that your clientele have, have still been drawn to that fitted market? Is it harder to get flexible leases on those fitted terms or, or what are you seeing? Yeah, look, good question. And probably there's a lot of factors that come into this. So 
So probably with the spec suites, the smaller tenants, when I say that, sort of probably under 500 square metres is what we'd call a smaller tenant. Yeah, so um, sort of 30 to 50, 30 yeah. to 40 person businesses. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Yes, they're drawn towards the spec suites, A, because they don't have to think about it. They can just yep. walk in, it suits, mm. they can plug and play mm-hmm. basically. And then they get to use whatever incentive the landlords might be offering on top of that to get their rent down. Sure. And for those size businesses, that rent cost, is really crucial. Yeah. It is for all businesses, but particularly smaller business, obviously. So the flexibility of term around those spec suites, however, has been pretty good. Landlords, once they've built it, they just want it leased. Yeah, they don't absolutely. want it sitting there empty. Yep. So they are generally prepared to do shorter terms on that. Mm. What's changing, however, is this supply chain issue and the cost of materials is yeah. changing that landscape a yeah. little bit. So landlords are now... Not reluctant to do that, yeah. but there's a bigger cost in that. So what used to be you could walk into a spec suite and still maybe get a bit of you know rent reduction as yeah, well. Sure. That rent reduction bit is starting to disappear because it's costing the landlord so much more now to yeah. build these suites. So I think we will see a bit of that change. I think we'll see less and less of those spec suites being built. And mm. what we'll see then is more landlords providing maybe like a turnkey solution for a tenant, but only after they've found the tenant. Yeah, gotcha. What do you want us to build? We'll build it for you as part of your leasing deal, Yep. but they'll find the tenant first rather than spend the money, which is costing way more now, and let it sit there and risk it not being leased and lose money. Which makes sense, I suppose, doesn't it? Because it's there's there's front-ending some of that risk and and saying, well, look, it's almost a marketing tool as well, and we're going to back ourselves to get someone here that falls in love with the space versus now, well, they may love the space but may only commit to two years, so maybe we'll keep that correct, keep that up our sleeve and work with the tenant yeah. to, to get a solution that they're, yeah. they're happy with that yeah. fits the financial model as well. Yeah, And we're certainly seeing a lot of that. I mean, even on a direct basis when we're working directly with the tenant and we're doing cost plans and there's always a gap between the scope that needs to fit in for, for the wish list of what the business would like, yes. which has got all the bells and whistles. Yep. And then we've kind of got the budget that we understand we've got to work towards to make the the deal stack up. And there's always that gap there. So yep. we're, we're very conscious in this moving landscape to try and educate earlier in the piece and say, well, look, these types of finishes or these types of lead times could potentially cause us issues when it comes time to to final costings. So it's just about being creative from from our side. Absolutely. And and the other thing too is no tenant ever finds the perfect space. No. Or rarely yeah. does that happen. Yeah. yeah. So even when they walk into these spec suites, they're generally, or we will, that's great, but we just need to build another office or we need another five desks or yeah. we need a bigger boardroom. Or, so there is still a bit of that rejigging that needs to happen sometimes. Yeah, so absolutely. that's why I think we'll start seeing the spaces that are out there at the moment that are yep. vacant and mm. fitted will lease up and yep. they'll be good deals and then we'll start to see a little bit less of that I think the next generation mm. of it all yeah absolutely yeah so Danny just taking it back a step and a business was to engage with a tenant rep such as yourself what mm-hmm. would those steps to success look like yep. is it quite fluid depending on their requirement what stage should they be reaching out to you to, to get involved we have a process that we stick to because it works. Yep. So it is kind of staged. If it's not broken, don't fix yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. So, you know, look, to a degree it can be fluid, but very simply, and this is very nutshell, we have a stage process where if someone comes to us and engages us because they need help finding an office or not even finding an office, they've got a lease already. Yeah. They just want to renew and make sure that their their terms are good or 
see if we can improve them. Generally, we do the brief. What is it that you're looking for? Secondly, we put what's called an expression of interest out to the market. So we go out to our whole database of all the leasing agents and uh, owners to find options that suit that brief. We do inspections with our clients on the relevant ones. We narrow that down. We negotiate the terms for them right through to signing the lease, basically. So that's very nutshell, obviously, as I said. But we basically... We hold their hand from start right through to when they sign that document. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and through that process, we help them engage with designers like yourselves and builders and contractors. Yeah. Which um, there are none others of those in Brisbane. No, but that's I think right. Growth is yeah, the only, I believe so. The only company around. I believe Unfortunately, so. <laughs> we wish there was more choice. <laughs> so that's that's basically our process. So, yeah. and I think the most important thing for for people to understand about tenant reps is. I'll go back to using the residential thing as an as an example because most people have dealt with residential real estate agents. You know, if a seller wants to sell a house, yep. they engage a real estate agent to sell that house and when they sell that house, find them a buyer and sell that house, the seller pays them a commission. Yes. So that agent is working to find that seller the best price they can for that house. Mm-hmm. Similarly, landlords engage leasing agents to work for them to find tenants to fill up their space and when they do, they pay them a commission for their good efforts. Yep. Tenant reps, however, are not working for landlords. Tenant reps are working for tenants only. Yes. So we're negotiating for our tenant to get the least amount of rent they can pay yep. and the best incentive and the most favourable terms. So we're not working for landlords, no. we're working for tenants. You're making a very clear delineation and between the, the two roles. the difference. So leasing agents have their role, yep. absolutely. We have our role, but we're very different. We're working on completely different sides of the yeah. fence and that's the difference. It's it's almost like would you, would you get the seller's real estate agent to set the price of the house you're going to buy? No. No. So would you use a landlord's real estate agent to set the rent that you're going to buy? You can, and yep. loads of tenants do that. Yes, because they're generally not aware that our service exists to help them. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and yep. commercial real estate agents are doing their job. Yeah, absolutely. and doing Definitely. it well. Definitely, it's and just tenants need someone to do a job for them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, that's great. Everyone seems represented, and in Brisbane, because of the vacancy rates, has always had to have been. Typically, high vacancy rates has always had to be great communication between yourself and the agents, Absolutely. and everyone's kind of got to get along and make sure that yeah. they're acting in the the best interests of the respective clients. But Correct. at the same time, we've it, all got a role. Correct. Yeah, yeah. In saying that, do you think that landlords have adapted well to these flexible terms? Have Have there been some good initiatives that you've seen from landlords? I know there's a couple that are really trying to be a little bit more hands on with their their tenants and offer different things, engagement pieces in lobbies and yeah. wellness initiatives. Are you seeing that come through? Is there is there room for improvement still, do you think, yeah, from a tenant's perspective? Look, again, in such an uncertain economy, it's difficult mm. for, for landlords to predict their business, which yeah. is their buildings, their assets. Yes. Similar to it is difficult for businesses to predict their staffing requirements. So the landlords are definitely coming to the party on flexible terms for the most part. Yep. There are some landlords doing it better than others and yep. that's fine. I think what they're doing is, like you say, building upgrades, activating lobbies, providing amenities, even building functions for all of their tenants. They're, they're doing all of that sort of stuff. Yep. So it's getting better. Yeah, is there room for improvement? Potentially. Yep. But it's, again, it's difficult in an uncertain market for everybody at the moment. So everyone's doing what they can to secure the tenants, I suppose, and to make everyone happy. I always say 
to my clients, everyone's got to hurt a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. In a leasing deal. So yeah. and if that's the case, then it's a good it's a good agreement for both parties. It is, because if there's only one winner, then the, then almost no one wins. Well then there's a which, loser. Which goes <laughs> that, it, correct. Correct. Yeah, so it, that's what that's what I meant with that one. Mm. You, you've nailed it there. So I yeah. think you're right because a lot of people forget as well, whilst there's a transaction point in a lot of these negotiations. There's an ongoing relationship between a business and a landlord and there's discussion, there's property management, Absolutely. there's that living, breathing relationship that's going to go on for the duration of the lease. So that's right. It, it has to go on three yeah. or five years past this one transaction point yeah. in time. So Absolutely. Yeah, you're right. Yep. And with your clients, what are their top priorities at the moment? Is it rent reduction? Is it fit out i mean i suppose it's a bit of a loaded question a lot of the businesses we're dealing with are really trying to use the workspace as a marketing tool for the quote unquote war on talent yeah and really trying to attract businesses back into the office yes. and almost by saying hey look well we've you've got flexibility we're giving you everything that you've got at home but you've now got that collaboration piece we've got the great breakout and things work for you are you seeing that as a bit of a driver for some of the relocations? Yeah, it definitely is. And it, it goes back again to that trying to guesstimate what that hybrid is the buzzword at the yeah. moment, workplace mm. looks like, which is how what percentage of staff are going to be in the office on any given day. If yeah. you know people are working from home three days and in the office two days or vice versa or whatever that looks like. Mm. So I guess the driver is that design piece of how much space do we need? How many people are we going to have in the office on any given day? And then how are we using that space? So how tenants are using that space is really changing because quite often if they're only in the office for three days, that's the days that you do your group meetings or your divisional meetings or your town halls. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, And try and create a bit more of a culture rather than just sit at your desk and get your work done. Yeah. So there's that. The biggest factor for tenants still always has been, always will be cost. Yeah, of course. But I guess the thing for tenants to think about is cost is a number of things in a lease. You know, there's it's not just rent. Yeah. There's, you know, what what incentive is you, are you going to get? What's your annual increase is going to be each year in your rent? Yeah. What is your make good or exit costs? Are there redecoration clauses, demolition clauses? Like there's so many costs in a lease. There's probably over 30 different costs in a lease. Yeah that tenants need to think about. And the thing is, most tenants don't even realise half these costs are in their lease. No, correct. Because they don't understand that that's just a lease. It's written in the lease. That's what we have to do. Well, every single clause in a lease is negotiable if you you know that. Mm. But you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, exactly. And do you have that transparent? Do you take it on a line by line, almost item by item in the heads of agreement and sort of run a cash flow style with the tenant? Is that sort of the best approach? Absolutely, that's what we do. So we run cash flows for all of the commercial, so financial yes. terms. Yep. And what that does is show the tenants their monthly cost, their annual cost, and also their gross, if you like, cost of that lease for the entire term. So they can factor that in. We make allowances for any exit costs that may or may not be there. We factor in increases in rents each year. So when they look at that big number at the end for five years, this lease is going to cost us X. Yes. That's factored all of that in. It's factored in CPI. It's yeah. so um, tapping into all of your valuer yeah, experience exactly. from a previous life. Yes. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we do all of that for them. And I think that probably sits best with the CFOs in the business because they yeah. like to make sure that they're aware of costs. We make sure we address that there's nothing unexpected. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah. just 
you've noted there that that would typically be handled by the CFO. Mm. Is there a steering committee that's usually involved or do you, do you often have one point of contact? Do you prefer to work different ways? Is it good to have a consortium? Or? Uh, look, it can, it can go both ways. Generally, it depends on the size of the business, I yeah, suppose. Sure. So generally, the CFO, HR managers often because they're looking after the staff Definitely. change. Yep. So HR managers, CFOs. That change it, management it, piece and communication is is massive, isn't it? When people are looking at new space huge. or new offices and Absolutely. making yes. sure that you've you've got enough buy-in from employees and, and yeah. but there's also some clear decision-making as well. Yeah. So I generally find that I have, you know, maybe two key key contacts yeah, and then behind that they'll they'll be having their own internal meetings and discussing the options that we put forward or that we've looked at or whatever it might be. I feel like sometimes when you get four or five decision makers in yes. a room, obviously everyone has different likes and wants and needs so that can come yeah. become confusing sometimes but then that's my job to manage yeah. that and to you know make it very clear why one need or want or like is more important than the next. Definitely. For the business. Absolutely. We experience very similar scenarios mm. where everyone feels like they're suddenly designers start coming out of in, in their droves. Yes. And um, myself included, the I'm very guilty as well. Yeah. Everyone. I've picked many a colour palette that has not got through the approval po- process from our in-house yeah. design team. Yeah. But um, it's good fun. And you're right, it, it's important that everyone feels engaged because for a lot of businesses, certainly startup phases yeah. early on in their cycle an office move a new building or, or even resetting their it, it's a big it's a big part of their of yeah, their world and you know what Dan what I almost always happens with businesses who relocate or even just redesign or, or funk up their current space mm. is almost always there is a massive injection in staff morale and yeah. productivity yeah. and it's just this big boost. Yeah, so businesses get nervous about moving offices. Yeah. But what they nearly always find is that when their staff walk into that new office that's fresh and modern and has a better look and feel is that their productivity goes through the roof. Yeah. They never look back, do they? Which yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. So it sounds like particularly in the last couple of years, you've I'm sure you've always been this way, but you've really taken that hand holding approach from early first meeting and really kind of doing that due yep. diligence, de-risking the project and the move. Yes. Where can the role get to, do you think? Do you see commercial property in Brisbane as a whole having enough innovation? Is there room for improvement? I know it's a bit of an open-ended question, but there's yeah. a lot of businesses that are really mixing things up and embracing more technologies. And that's certainly coming in commercial, but I think it's it's probably a step behind in, in some senses as well. Yeah, potentially. And again, and I sound like a broken record, but it's it's hard to to innovate in an uncertain yeah, world. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a very good so, point. So, but you know, I think Brisbane's got some really exciting projects in the pipeline and on the go. Obviously, Queens Wharf and then Eagle Street are the two that sort of jump out at you Absolutely. at the moment. So, I think for the medium term, we've we've got some good innovative projects coming to the market um, with the you know, interstate migration that just continues and continues. Yeah. I think we'll be we'll be fine. I guess it's just that's the medium term. What does the long term look like? Exactly. And that's the crystal ball. Kind I of hate question. to um to harp on about the Olympic Games, but that is yeah. very exciting as well. Yes. It's a little bit down the track and I'm always big to try and think about where does the rubber hit the road with things like that and events like that because it's great. It, it's going to build the hype, but I think it's important to understand as well where What's it going to lead to? Yeah, and it's a really good question. And, you know, how far out is too far out? Yeah, yeah. correct. I, I don't know. It's a hard one to 
to answer, but it will absolutely have a big impact on the city itself. Mm. And I think by then we'll be really well prepared for it. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Danny, look, I think it's been great to have you. Yeah. I'd like to thank you very much for, for joining in today. No worries. And I think there's some great topics and some really great takeaways there for a lot of businesses that may not have been exposed to the consultancy world with tenant representation. Absolutely. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think it's um, the main thing for anyone listening to this is just know what you don't know mm. and just seek expert help. If my car's broken, I don't fix it. I take it to a mechanic. Absolutely. If I need a haircut, I don't cut it. I go to a hairdresser. Well, in lockdown, you, a few people were doing Well, they that. did, and look what happened. Exactly, so, exactly. <laughs> the exactly. mullet came back. Thank goodness. So, <laughs> yeah, the mullet is back, and it's still sticking around yeah. for a few, but there you go. So, But it's just get the expert help. Yeah, don't definitely. do it yourself, and make sure it's independent, and um, and you won't look back. Fantastic. Well, that is the two Dans. Yes. We're going to trademark that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Signing off from the inaugural Let's Talk Growth podcast. Thank you very much, Danny. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. And remember, if you've got any questions about any of the topics or you'd like to join us on one of the podcasts, please contact us via talk at growthaustralia.com.au. See you next time.